Welcome back. This is Season 2 of Best of Show, the Competition Brewing Podcast. This show is dedicated to all things in the world of competitive homebrewing. We intend to provide you with updates on which brewers are taking home medals in the biggest competitions across the country, as well as keeping you up to speed on what competitions are coming up so that you won't miss out on being a part of the next big competition. So welcome to our first episode of Season 2 of Best of Show Podcast. We've got some exciting changes in store for you this year to help provide top-notch content and grow the podcast. I've joined forces with Andy Scherzinger, a top-tier competitive brewer and multiple-time Lone Star Circuit winner as a co-host and executive producer of the program. Thank you, Andy, for taking on this challenge, and welcome to the Best of Show podcast team. Can you take a moment to introduce yourself to those that don't know you? Yeah, of course. Uh, First of all, dude, I'm super excited to join the podcast. I think the program... Uh, and what it does to recognize the brewers across the country and some of the awesome accomplishments that they've had, as well as bringing some attention to the competitions, um, is an, is just a great mission in general. Uh, so I'm super excited to be a part of it. Like you said, my name is Andy Scherzinger. Uh, I've been brewing since I bought a grandfather in January 2016. Uh, I was actually elected an officer that year, so I figured it was a good idea for me to actually have my own system and brew my own beer. In Texas, I accumulated a few wins, as you alluded to, three-time Lone Star Circuit Team of the Year, two-time Individual of the Year. Um, And then in 2018, won the Bayou State Circuit for uh, Louisiana. I've been on the board of the Master Homebrew Program for the last two years as the Director of Awards uh, and have accumulated somewhere north of about 325, 350 medals with six or seven of those being best of shows. So super excited to be here. I know we're going to have some awesome guests and some great competitions to promote and talk through. So uh, yeah, man, I'm just beyond excited to, to be here. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Oh, no, I'm, I'm very excited to have you as a partner on the show and looking forward to all the content and the things that we're going to be able to put out together. So uh, I know we have a great show set up today. Uh, we have an interview with Phil LaFleur of Sweetheart's Revenge coming up on the episode. We're going to start off the year with a recap of the competitive homebrew circuit results for 2022. All right, let's take a minute to recognize circuit winners from around the country. If you enter competitions and know how much fun they are, that's just a taste of how exciting it is to compete on a circuit. And there are a lot out there, some that are for individual states, some that recognize a regional champion, and obviously the Circuit of America for more of a national championship uh, circuit. I personally love competing in circuits, trying out new competitions, seeing the new events, building up rivalries and challenges with other brewers, and the race to the finish, and the absolute excitement that you get when you realize that all the hard work that you put in throughout the year pays off. Um, If you haven't taken part in a circuit of competitions, I definitely encourage you to do so. Uh, Most accumulate points from five to 10 competitions throughout the year and publish those standings online and then award the winners at the end of the circuit, whether that's with, you know, bragging rights, trophies, what have you as something to to actually display. We're going to go over 11 circuits from across the country today. If I miss one, I apologize. Please let me know and we can track it going forward so that we can recognize the people um, who get that accomplishment. We're going to jump in alphabetically, so there's no uh, nothing more to it than that. So let's get started with the Bayou State Circuit, which covers six competitions across the state of Louisiana. In third place was some dummy named Andy Scherzinger with 16 points. Second place was David Wiggum with 24 points. And in first place with 33 points was Jonathan Reisner. Club of the Year saw Ninja Homebrewers take third place with 21 points, the Bay Area Mastronauts taking second with 49 points, and the Red Stick Brewmasters with 76 points taking home first place. 
Next up is the Florida Homebrew Competition Circuit. In third place with 30 points is Jesse Johnson. Second place with 32 points is Fernando Espino. And first place with 38 points is Buddy Greer. And as far as the club of the year for that circuit, third place is the Brewers Anonymous with 203 points. Second place is the Miami Second place is the Miami Area Society of Homebrewers, otherwise known as MASH, with 219 points. And first place went to the Calford Ale Sharing Club, otherwise known as CASC, with 242 points. Next up is the High Plains Circuit, which is open to brewers in Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Minnesota. Their scoring breaks down to five points for first, three for second, and one for third. Uh, with a finish in a qualifying competition, of which there are seven being tracked. In third place, with 55 points, was Mike and Stephanie Butler. Second place, with 60, is Jamie and Cody Naramore. And in first place, with 67 points, Eric Martin. For Club of the Year, third place was the Fellowship of Oklahoma Ale Makers, or FOAM, with 95 points. And second place was the Iowa Brewers Union from, well, you know, Iowa with 120 points and in first place with an impressive 37 gold 21 silver and 13 bronze totaling 261 points is the kansas city beer meisters next we'll hit the lone star circuit from texas which totals eight competitions from across the state they also award for team of the year so we'll cover that as well for individual brewer of the year third place was fritz shans with 71 points Second place was some guy named Andy Scherzinger with 74 points. And in first place, a very familiar name in the state of Texas and Louisiana, Jeff Oberlin with 84 points. For team of the year, in third place with 10 points was James Kane, Travis Bullock, and Marcus Haas. Second place, Eric Hines and Kyle Autry had 39 points. And in first place with 45 points is Jarrett Long and John Bates. For team of the year in 2022, the Bayer and Mastronauts took third place with 120 points. The second place winner was the Cane Island Aylers with 169 points. And first place was the Ninja Homebrewers with 251 points. Next, we have the Mid-South Series, which includes six competitions. Third place in the individual category went to Evan Como with 102 points. Second place went to Bill Boyer with 116 points. And first place went to Christopher Owen with 148 points. On the club side, third place went to the North Georgia Malt Monkeys with 127 points. Second place went to the Mid-State Brew Crew with 128. And first place went to the Louisiana Ale Grain and Extract Research Society, a.k.a. Loggers, with 262 points. One for a little bit different is the Midwest Homebrewer of the Year, which scores differently than other circuits with a formula of the net score equaling raw points times the winning percentage. For a qualifying entry, you also have to enter at least four of the eight competitions and 10 unique categories. The Midwest is open to people who reside in Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. In third place, a familiar team, Mike and Stephanie Butler had 21.21 net points. In second place was Mets Potter with 25.02 net points. And in first place with an impressive 41.83 net points was Dan Akison. 
Let's take a break from beer for a second, which is definitely a sentence I did not think I would say today, and look at the National Mead Maker of the Year. This covers five incredibly difficult mead competitions across the country. In third place, a recurring name on this podcast today, Mr. Best of Show himself, Bill Boyer with 58 points. Just barely ahead of him in second place was Josh Holbrook with 60 points. And in first place, wait, no, this can't be right. This is 140 points? Wow. All right. Way to go, Adam Bystrom. All right. Back to beer. That feels more like it. All right. Now we're moving on to Oregon State Homebrewer of the Year. There's seven competitions with a unique scoring model where they weigh your wins based on category entry counts. And for the individual, we had third place with 336 points, Scott Niradaka. Second place with 391 points was Mark Hayden. And first place with 482 points went to Jordan Folks. Headed back to the South is the Southeastern Homebrewers Association with member states in Tennessee, Virginia, Georgia, both Carolinas, and totaling nine competitions. For Brewer of the Year, Third place with 38 points went to Carl Tichy. Second place with 46 points, Chris Rizzo. And in first place with 57 points, Ken Hilton. The SHA also recognizes Mead Insider of the Year, Mead Insider Maker of the Year, which saw a four-way tie in third place with three points. Um, It also saw Anthony Plummer taking second place with four points and running away with it this year with 33 points, that guy again, Bill Boyer. The club of the year had the Winston-Salem Warthogs in third place with 70 points. Second place, the Down East Aylers with 162 points. And with 196 points, first place for 2022 went to Low Country Libations. Last but not least, we've got the Tennessee Circuit with five competitions. In the individual category, third place went to Glenn Thompson with 24 points. Second place was Evan Como with 53. And squeaking out a win in first place was John Driscoll with 55 points. And on the club side, third place went to the Barley Mob with 35 points. Second place to the Bluff City Brewers and Connoisseurs with 57 points. And taking the win was the Mid-State Brew Crew with 99 points. Congrats to everyone who won any of these things on the circuits. It's truly an accomplishment to be amazingly proud of. Whether you get a tap handle, a trophy, a paperweight, or just bragging rights, this is truly something awesome. When it comes to the National Homebrew of the Year, we'll take a look at the Circuit of America, which is tracked by the Master Homebrew Program. Theirs is an interesting scoring model. Across the 26 competitions in the United States that are tracked, Points are scored by a formula that tries to reward winning high entry count categories and says that and says this, take the number of entries, subtract the place that you won, then divide that number by the number of entries and keep it simple, clear as mud. I'll, I'll break it down a little bit easier for you. If you enter a category with 15 entries and you win gold, we take 15 for the number of entries minus one for first place equaling 14. 14 divided by the 15 entries gives us 9.93 repeating, and then we cube that for 0.8 points for gold. Compare that to entering a category with five entries and winning gold. It's five minus one equals four divided by five, 0.8, 0.8 cubed 
is 0.512 points for gold. So a significant point scoring difference between winning a higher entry category versus the lower entry one. Got it? That's a little too much math for me. In third place with 42.74 points was Jarrett Long and John Bates. Let's take a moment to recognize that across these regional and local circuits, we see some recurring names that continue to pop up. And that's indicative of just how great these brewers are and gives us a, uh, a lighthouse to be searching for to, to try and track these guys down. Second place, again, was Bill Boyer with 67.94 points, winning at least one medal in every competition of the circuit, which is absolutely amazing. And in first place, taking home a grandfather, among some other things, provided by the circuit sponsor BSG, was 76.75 points and capping off an absolutely monster year of competition was Fritz Schanz. Next year, this circuit will be even bigger and better, so keep your eyes peeled for that. If you're interested in participating in one of these circuits or just want to track them a bit more for yourself, we'll provide some more links for that in our description. Uh, but yeah, the 2022 competitive circuit landscape was uh, back in swing, coming off of a couple of years of people trying to adapt to a different climate. And I'm really, really excited to see what 2023 brings for everybody. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about what 2023 is going to bring. And this is such an amazing accomplishment for some of these brewers to finish top three on these circuits. So congratulations to each and every one of you we've mentioned today. So now that we've gone through and recognized all of those winners, I did want to ask your opinion on what are some of your favorite competitions and some of the events that you've attended for competitive brewing wise in 2022? You know, 2022 was a weird year for me. Uh, I actually moved from Houston, Texas to Northern Colorado in the early part of March. So it was kind of bittersweet. It was my last operation fermentation in Houston to actually be there as the director and to present some of those awards and hang out with a lot of really fun people. So I think that one's always going to have that kind of special place in my heart. Uh, and it doesn't hurt that I was able to take home some, some hardware uh, that night. So that would probably go at the top of mine as well as, I mean, going to Blue Bonnet is always a blast. Uh, it's, it was a multi-year or multi-day event. I think this year they're going down to a single day event. But I was able to go out there with a friend, uh, do some brewery crawls, check out some places that I haven't been before. Um, and then as always, you know, the award ceremony is a great time. I was a little upset, though. I completely struck out at, at Blue Bonnet this year, which was a was a pretty humbling one because I thought I had a, a heck of a lineup going in there this year. So I got to celebrate some wins of some of my best friends. Uh, Matthew Harold took three steins and like 13 or 14 points, which at Blue Bonnet is just ridiculously impressive. Uh, and then to celebrate James Gould, who brought me into the homebrewing scene, he took two steins as well. So although I didn't win anything, it sure looked like I did carrying all their steins back to Houston. So that was a lot of fun. I entered quite a few competitions throughout the rest of the year, but most of those were just sending in existing inventory that I had. So uh, didn't get to attend very many this year. But super looking forward to 2023, specifically getting in, you know, I, I know you had some success at Hoppy Halloween. That one is way high up there on my uh, target list of competitions that I want to win. And then, you know, we're hearing from Phil about Sweetheart's Revenge, I, I want to get some of those staves as as tap handles uh, as well. So really excited about those uh, and, you know, being able to get my feet back under me and, and start brewing again up here in Colorado. What about you? 
Actually, I was really excited this year for our home competition, Lunar Rendezvous, simply because it was my first year as the, the organizer of the event. And so learned a ton about the competition and putting on a competition and doing it right and uh, what's going to work, what's not. So great learning experience, had an awesome time doing it and, you know, looking forward to using that knowledge for you know the benefit of the show and for the benefit of future competitions. You know, Blue Bond as well, piggybacking on that. My first time to attend in person, it was awesome. Um, you know, I struck out as well. So a little disappointing there, but uh, it, was, it was a great trip. Met a, a ton of great brewers out there. Just had a, had a blast. So looking forward to attending in the future for that as well. You know, the Hoppy Halloween medal, finally getting one of those was great. Getting my first mead medal this year was pretty pretty exciting as well. So that's uh, awesome. So had a good year. And again, like like you said, you know, looking forward to what 2023 is going to bring. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Lunar was always one of the funnest ones to go through or go to in Houston. Uh, you guys do a lot of really cool, you know, side events, whether it's the giant paper airplane competition or the Bubba, Bubba beer guessing contest to see who actually can tell the difference in some of the macro beers and that kind of stuff. And I mean, man, that wall of of different breweries and home brewers pouring is always a great time to be had there. So, I mean, good on you guys. Uh, I obviously had a, a selfish place in my heart for what we were doing out there in the Cane Island Ailers, but Luna Ronde Brew was always my favorite besides the one that we put on, but you know. So Andy, since this is your first episode of the podcast and you're very familiar with this competition, why don't you take the reins and introduce our next segment? All right. So thanks everybody for the time. Um, we're kicking off a new segment on the show today called Competition Corner where we're going to take a competition from across the country, uh, highlight them a little bit, showcase them, and give their planning committee and their people a, a chance to kind of uh, tell you guys why they are such a great competition. Today on the phone, we have Phil LaFleur from uh, the Wise Guys out of Loveland, Colorado. They run the Sweethearts Challenge, or Sweetheart Revenge, sorry. Uh, and we just wanted to have him come on as the judging coordinator, tell us a little bit about the competition about what they're doing this year uh, and uh, what makes it so special. So, Phil, thank you for the time today. Uh, sure. So you're the judging coordinator for Sweetheart's Revenge. Um, that's pretty awesome. It's got to be a pretty daunting task for a competition the size that you guys are. Uh, historically, how big does Sweetheart's run? Uh, typically, we run as high as five or 600. You know, it kind of varies year to year. When I first – I was actually competition coordinator some years ago – when we first, when I first took over, we just went from you know two or three hundred, and then popped up over four, just kind of out of the blue. So it's a, it's it we're a growing competition, hopefully, you know, <laughs> and uh, but you know we're looking to really you know uh, grow a lot this year. Do you have any estimates on what you're kind of expecting from this year's entry count? Unknown. I mean, uh, this is our first year being part of the Circuit of the Americas. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So uh, we're not knowing what we're gonna uh, we're gonna get from these guys. Andy has said it's usually a fairly significant increase. Uh, we're planning to go, you know, at least six hundred and hoping for a thousand. But we'll see. We got to. That's why we're talking with you guys to try and get the word out to 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 get sweethearts in everybody's mind. I like it. Uh, let's take a little bit of a step back. Can you give any kind of history on the competition itself, where it started, how uh, how it got started, how long it's been going, that kind of stuff? 
Sure, that's a, a good question. Um, Sweetheart's Revenge is, was originally started in response to a, uh, a bad situation with our local fair. There was some uh, hard feelings. We used to manage a competition with them. And so uh, in revenge, we started Sweetheart's Revenge. Um, uh, this Sweethearts has been going on now for 10 years. And uh, the competition that uh, we used to manage is no longer. So, you know, revenge is, is best served cold, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So is this the 10-year anniversary? Or Yes, yes. Well, that's awesome. Um, are you guys doing anything special for the competition to celebrate? You know, I don't think we've really thought about that. There's nothing planned right now other than the usual festivities that we have with the competition. We have, uh, you know, one of the things that we're known for, of course, is uh, the Valentine's category. It's a separate category of the competition. And uh, you can enter beer meter cider. And it's it's kind of a best to show type thing. And we get a really big response to that. We usually get, you know, 40, 50 entries in that that category by itself. And it's usually the the funny thing is, is that beer doesn't stand a chance. It's always meat and cider that wins, you know? I guess a lot of that's uh, Tracy from Houston. Uh, Tracy Kufus always going after that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think she won last year. I, I believe so, yeah. I, I think she might even have it two years in a row. Hmm. Well, I don't have to look. Um, no, but it's nice to have. Uh, in fact, I, I heard a podcast. Gosh, where was it? Uh, some other podcast where they uh, had Tracy and and uh, the guy that runs the MHP. Um, not you. Oh, Matt Harold. <laughs> Matt Harold. Yes, they were discussing the competition, the sweethearts that uh, Tracy was. Well, I beat uh, I beat you in sweethearts. So <laughs> I think the last one was hers was a was a strawberry white chocolate mead. That sounds like her. She's probably one of the most creative when it comes to um, secondary ingredients and mead that I've ever come across. Uh, being part of the club in Houston that she was on or that she was in when I lived there was kind of cool. She showed to meetings with, you know, 15 different 187 mil bottles. Uh, you know, this one's a blueberry muffin. This one's the Incredible Hulk. This one's the cotton candy. It's like, where do you even come up with some of these ideas? Um, and for her, I think me just gave a platform to kind of showcase some creative talent and some really interesting thoughts. So that Valentine's challenge that has to be themed for Valentine's Day, right? Like the ingredients right. or some kind of a story. Well, no, it could be anything you need to, you know, how do you feel about Valentine's Day? You know, bitter, sweet, sour, you know, hmm. that's, you know, it could be anything, you know, so um and of course, Sweetheart's Revenge is in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, we the city has a big, you know, they put up Valentine's hearts all over town, and so and the competition is in February with Valentine's Day. And for me, it's a a little uh, more important. My anniversary is Valentine's Day, so being involved with Sweethearts for me has actually always been kind of difficult. And I so was that's ask what... about that. <laughs> so. Uh, one year I couldn't even show because it was my anniversary. So, um, but that's why we always try and 
schedule it for the end of February. And so that sorting day is before my anniversary. And then, of course, once I'm no longer with the club, they'll do whatever the heck they want. <laughs> That's part of what, what you get to do when you're in leadership, right? You can steer it away from stuff that conflicts with your personal life. Yep, there you go. That's why I do it. So besides the Valentine's challenge, well, I guess actually expanding on that, um, is there, I see, I've seen some pictures, kind of funny ones of uh, the winners of that category when they're in person. Uh, what does the winner of that challenge actually take home? Yes. The, the winner of the Valentine's category gets a tiara and sash and sometimes a wand, <laughs> um, but you must be present to win, um, to win that prize. So it's, uh, you know how homebrewing is. It's usually a guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. So other than Valentine's challenge, uh, what other stuff is kind of special or different about uh, Sweetheart's Revenge than you know, call it your run-of-the-mill competition? Well, one of the big things is our medals. Our our medals are all handmade from barrel staves. We got the barrel from uh, Purpose Brewing. You know, thank Peter Buchart, um, and thank you, Purpose. And basically, they're all handmade tap handles that are branded, you know, with the place and the date, and, uh, the logo. So you can serve your friends from your own keyser with a tap handle, you know, with your, your winning category. I actually right. didn't get to make it this year to the uh, the party where all those were being made because that was my anniversary, ironically. <laughs> But it's kind of cool. Even for the club itself, there was a big event, same day as a turkey drive that uh, the wise guys put on uh, up here to try and get some turkeys for the food bank. But uh, the, a big group of people get together at one of the members' houses. Uh, they cut up the staves. They drill all the holes, put in all the uh, inserts for the for the taps, have a branding party, that whole kind of thing. It's a really good time. It's a, one of the benefits of being able to be part of that committee, I, I would assume. Yes. And we've kind of, you know, over the years, we've we've built up a kind of a handbook of how to run our competition and how to deal with the metals, what size inserts, where to get them, you know. Um, and the, the branding party is fairly recent. We've only been doing this for a couple, three years. Um, but uh, we managed to crank out 200 metals in about three and a half hours. Wow. So, and then of course, it's a, a reason to drink beer at somebody else's house and have a picnic too, you know? There you go. One of the other things that I saw that was kind of cool, I the Sweetheart Revenge Committee takes a lot of pride in the number of pro-ams that are put on throughout the competition. Um, I, I, can you speak to that any? Yes. Um, I don't have the list with me, unfortunately, <clears throat> but uh, I know right now we have 12 pro-ams and we have some... Wow some fairly prestigious breweries, Sweetwater uh, out of Atlanta that has a brewery in uh, Fort Collins now uh, is going to do one of our uh, pro-ams. We have, like I say, 12 breweries. It's, you know, everybody in town and we, uh, we haven't managed to get uh, new Belgium to do one yet, but we're, we're still working. Very cool. 12, pro, uh, 12 pro-ams might be the most I've seen in a competition. What about you, John? Oh yeah. Um, I've, <laughs> I haven't seen anything that rivals that, but uh, it, it's kind of intriguing, especially, you know, now that you're, you're expanding and part of Circuit of America, because you'll have a lot of out-of-town entrants, but I'm sure they'll be able to work something out with, even if they brew the recipe and, you know, maybe just kind of 
work with the brewers as opposed to them being on site getting to help brew. But uh, it still, Pro-Ams are a great experience for home brewers. Yeah, yeah. Even a, just a brew on premise. Uh, most of these are set up for GABF, you know, the homebrew section of GABF. So um, it's, you get, that way you get an entry, you know, um, and that's got to be one of the hardest, hardest metals to pick up because it's, you know, it's a snowflake, right? You got first, second, third in one category at GABF. So that's, that's rough. Yeah, definitely. So the last couple of years of running competitions has been kind of tricky, uh, navigating virtual hybrid in-person judging. Um, this year, it looks like you guys are going to uh, a hybrid judging model. Is that yeah. Right? Uh, from a competition coordinator standpoint, the, the virtual model works really well. When the pandemic first hit, um, it was right after our competition in 2020. But then they shut everything down like March of 2020. We just finished up Sweet Arts Revenge. And so I got together with uh, Nelson Crowley, who runs Reggie Beer. And we started figuring out how to do virtual competitions just right away. We uh, prototyped it with the uh, in-club competitions using kind of a central clearinghouse thing. But the whole thing's evolved in a lot of other clubs and and software people have managed to figure out how to do uh, virtual judging. Um, it it works great. You can, I judged, uh, or we judged, uh, what, about 400 entries, 375 entries the first year of the pandemic. And we'd had maybe 400 the previous year on a two-day in-person. And... I had 95 judges for that in-person and we judged the entire competition with 50 judges on the virtual year. Wow. So it's just, it's kind of nice. You can, I'm sitting at my fly time bench right now talking to you guys. That's, I mean, I can just sit here and, and do a flight with somebody in Colorado Springs on a Tuesday, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you can get a lot of different categories judged. The trick is, of course, you have to be able to subdivide down the the categories to the point where it's it's doable. You know, you don't want to really have anything over ten if you can avoid it. Twelve is, you know, three hours, so it's a it's a bit of a commitment. But ten is a little more doable. This year, we're planning, especially since we're going to be big. What we've always had to do in the past is get a really big category. During COVID times, what we did was we just basically limited the category to 12. But it was at the letter designation within the BJCP catalog. So, you know, 21A and 21B. And so you wouldn't let a category get bigger than 12. Now, this year, we're letting, you know, opening the floodgates. And we have for the last few years, certain categories, Imperial Stouts, Hazy IPAs, Spicer Veg are always gigantic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll judge those in person. So basically we'll have at least two days and probably three or four days of in-person judging um, for the large categories. And then the small categories will all go into virtual. And then, you know, basically we set up boxes. We have satellite locations where judges can pick up their entries for judging from Cheyenne to Colorado Springs. So that's a spread of 150 miles in 
four major metro areas. <laughs> yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, we're trying to really, you know, make it as convenient for people to to judge our competition as possible. Well, and and to participate in it as well. Um, I know the judges are always looking for new competitions to judge to get their points and to contribute into the hobby and in, into the community. So um, I think that's awesome. So the last couple of years, to my knowledge, is the first time that virtual judging has actually had a prominent space in competitions. And primarily that was driven by uh, by COVID and needing to be socially distant. I'm starting to see some competitions using it as a, a scaling mechanism. So in Houston, for instance, the club that I was a part of didn't have a big judging base. Like we were super proud that we got 30 people to judge in a virtual setting. So let alone a hundred that you were talking about for judging, uh, you know, a massive competition in a single day, Uh, doing virtual judging, allowing people to do one flight a day or kind of ad hoc and that kind of stuff really helped being able to capture different um, geographic areas allowed for larger judging bases and things like that. It's just, it's an interesting model and interesting shift. I'm curious if you have any advice for competitions that are going the virtual or hybrid route and how they can be successful? Because you guys are still doing Sweetheart as a three bottle entry competition, right? Correct. It would be nice if we could go to four, but uh, that was voted down by the committee. <laughs> um, a lot of guys don't want to share that much beer because well, you, know, you need, and, and you need for, your judging. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and for what it's worth, um, all the different, groups of people that I talk to from the competitive side of the house, four bottles is kind of a deal breaker for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah, We've heard of applaud you guys for finding a way to get it done with the hybrid model and only requiring three bottles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, four would be nice because then you have your two judges for virtual and then uh, one for best to show and then one for the pro-ams. So what we've done is try and keep the best to show pours fairly small and then leave you know, what's left and try and co-mingle it with the, the pro-ams so that the, you know, the brewers are there and they can be tasting the beers straight up, you know, as soon as it comes off, you know, as soon as they're open. So like I say that I think the best advice for any competition uh, organizer is be flexible. We do a lot of accommodating things. In fact, the, the, the Wyoming contingent of our, our competition judges um, great guys, master judges, just national. It's they're great. Uh, they they hate virtual judging, <laughs> so um, they're going to judge together, and so we're accommodating them more in so, a satellite judging exactly. model. Yeah, yeah. And so we have a group in Colorado Springs that's also doing that. And so eh, as long as you guys are judging, I don't really care. You know, and right. just tell me what you want to do. I used to, we have some uh, judges, I think they're national or master, husband and wife. They always want to judge together. Well, that makes sense. You know, it's easy. So, you know, as long as they get their preferences into us and communicate, I mean, that's the, the key, right? They're, they're going to get, you know, what they want. And it, it helps our competition grow and, and get bigger. Very cool. I just kind of wanted to run through some of the logistics for people that are entering the competition itself. Correct me if I'm wrong on any, on any of this stuff, or if you have other things that you want to um, want to add. So this year, Sweetheart's Revenge has no overall entry cap. 
the the individual is one per subcategory and it's a three bottle entry correct at nine dollars per entry and you get those awesome tap handles for first second and third correct that's pretty awesome and Um, then you get the special giant staves for best of show that was going to be my next question. Can't be on a show called Best of Show and not bring that up, right? Oh, yeah. So we have all the out of a barrel. You always get the the cool staves on the head that you know have like logos and uh, things like that. So we saved those and uh, made special Best of Show medals out of those. Does Sweetheart do Best of Show beer and then meat and cider? Or is it three? Is it one overall? How, how's that done? It's best to show beer, best to show meat and cider. Okay. Last year I got best to show meat and cider one and two. Nice. Got to love it when you're your own competition there at the final table. Well, you know, in our club, it's kind of a even split. I don't know if you've noticed. We've got group of folks that are uber competitive and, and really like, that's the only reason I'm probably still in the hobby is because of the competitions. But uh, we have a, another group that just, you know, they're anti-competition, you know. So that's cool, too, you know, because our, our club is all about, you know, inclusivity and, uh, you know, uh, charitable work and education. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to be, you know, Mr. Competition to be in our club. Uh, we, we accommodate everyone. Yeah, and honestly, from the outside, um, I found the wise guys when I moved from Houston to to Berthoud primarily through sweethearts. I was doing some research for circuit of America, trying to find large prestigious competitions and sweetheart is the largest competition in Colorado uh, and still looking to grow. Uh, I did some looking into the club and I, my family heritage is pretty much split right down the middle German and Sicilian. So I was like, wise guys kind of, you know, scratches that itch. Plus it's a little bit of a dad joke. So these might be my people. And I, I showed up to the first meeting and everyone was so incredibly kind and welcoming. And more than that, and I I really hope that this is, you know, a trend that we're going to see in the Humbury community uh, was that idea that it's more than just about this hobby that we can contribute into our community. Um, come around Thanksgiving, you know, the big drive was to try and get as many turkeys to a local brewery to give to the food bank for people that don't have that ability. There's talks about, you know, scholarships and community outreach programs and things like that, that really set the wise guys apart, in my opinion, from most homebrew clubs that I've um, had the opportunity to be around. So for what it's worth, man, I, I think it's awesome. The, the club's got a thanks, lot of stuff thanks. going for it. We're, we're, we work hard to, you know, try and contribute it uh, uh, to our community and, uh, you know, all through the power of beer, right? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, John, I know I've been asking all the questions and taking up a lot of the time. I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to ask some questions as well. Well, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of the information on there, all the good reasons that people should be entering this competition. I mean, it counts for points on the circuit of America. It's uh, got some incredible hardware that you can take home. Last year, one of our uh, BOS judges was Charlie Papazian. Um, so cool. We're we're seeing if we can't. I I don't know if he's going to be available, but uh, you know, there's a lot of really prestigious brewers that uh, live in this area and judge in our competition. Gary Glass usually judges. I don't think we've had Stan Hieronymus, but I know he's moved to Arvada or Boulder, so he's on our list. So that's a a good thing. You know, one thing I think we haven't hit 
is the actual dates. Yeah, so I was actually asked about the, the award <laughs> ceremony itself, um, you know, because that's always a big uh, component of the competition is giving out the awards. And, uh, yeah. you know, I see that you guys have, have something good planned here at the end of February for that. Uh, are y'all also streaming that or doing something virtual for, you know, since you're doing this big expansion with Circuit of America uh, and you'll have a lot of outside competitors coming in, uh, what are you doing in those regards? Uh, well, we've been streaming for a number of years, so we will definitely have a, a streaming thing. It'll come out in our uh, our email blasts. It'll be on all of our social media accounts, you know, Twitter, Instagram, yada, yada. The competition is actually the, the date of the award ceremony is the, the 25th of February, and it's... Uh, going to be uh, about seven o'clock at p.m. and it'll be broadcast i'm not sure uh dave carpenter the editor-in-chief of zymergy magazine is uh handling our media for us um so he will be doing the the live stream last year we were on facebook i'm not sure where we're going to be today or this year so basically the the entry window is the month of january from new year's day till the end of of January. And then the pickup window for judges is uh two five, second of February, starting at noon. We have uh four pickup locations, Verboten Brewing and Barrel Project in Loveland, uh the Brew Hut in Aurora, uh Trinity Brewing Company in Colorado Springs, and uh Fred Hirsch's residence, he's national judge in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And locally in Colorado, there are you know nearly a dozen places for drop-offs. It looks like there's one or two places to ship in um, entries. Yes. Yes. Any advice on people that are shipping in? Um, package them well. Um, it's always that's always the thing that's got to be disappointing for folks, and we notify them and try and get extra bottles in if we find some broken ones. But inevitably, there there are a, a few of them up. Uh, from just a personal standpoint, the spirited shippers are awesome. They, Definitely. I've never had a broken bottle since I started using those. I'm not, yeah, I've never had a broken bottle with them. I've had lost cases somewhere in transit. Oh, my. <laughs> the guys in the warehouse had a good day. huh? Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's always not good to get a, a pallet of beer out of the, the cold room. And, um, have a, a few leakers on the on the on the pallet uh, our drop-off or mail-in location is sparge brewing um i don't have my thing ready um so it's sparge brewing in wellington colorado um it'll be on our our the address and such will be on the post uh sorting is going to be the 4th of february at fruits of nature in Wellington, Colorado as well. Well, Phil, I really appreciate the time. Um, I'm super excited about Sweetheart. I'm excited about the competition itself. I'm excited to learn how you guys are running this competition and to to help out however I can, uh, this being my local one now. Um, but thank you so much for the time today. Uh, good luck with the competition this year, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. Cheers, Phil. Cheers. 
So I think that's going to do it for the show. I wanted to thank Andy again for joining us in, in this expanded capacity and uh, looking forward to his partnership and providing some great content for everybody this year. So if everyone wants to continue to look forward to these future episodes as they roll out. Uh, Andy, any last thoughts? No, again, thank you so much for this opportunity. It was great to hear, hear from Phil. Uh, great to hear about Sweetheart and what they're trying to build, what they're trying to do with this competition. I would highly encourage everybody. It just opened up yesterday on Monday, and I know they're already, I think, nearing 200 entries in there. So they're off to a hot start. Make sure that you get in there, uh, get your stuff entered, and get some you know, really cool swag and some potential uh, pro-ams, which are always a blast for everybody. Uh, we referenced it several times on the recap on uh, the interview with Phil, but you know, if you haven't seen it already, go check out the master homebrew program. They're doing some great stuff over there as well uh, to track what you're accomplishing, to get you some really cool medals uh, and to find some, some exciting competitions that are out there. So that's all I got. Thanks so much. I uh, can't wait to, to see what this year is going to hold for us. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in once again for season two of the best of show podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll continue to work on new elements to add to the show to not only keep you up to date on the competitions, but to help you on your path to winning gold. And there's some awesome guests in the pipeline, so you don't want to miss out on an episode. Please make sure that you click the subscribe button to support the show and be informed when new episodes are released. If you enjoyed the show and you want to show your support, please leave us a five-star review on any and all podcast platforms that you use. That's going to help others find the show and continue to lead us to new exciting guests. Until next time, cheers, y'all.